good every good morning everyone this is Stephen Kilagi from my anchor this is my podcast I'll be broadcasting throughout the world and uh, Papua New Guinea well this morning I'd like to talk about complacency complacency has crept into Papua New Guinea since independence you see we're Traditionally, we come from this um, chieftain society where we always pay respect to the big man. That is why we've never questioned <clears throat> our leaders or even challenged them because it's in our DNA to respect our leaders, our big man mentality. That is why when politicians steal or do whatever they want, we always say, So that kind of mentality has got us to the state we're in. We can't really blame the Peter O'Neill government for the rampant corruption and and what's been going on in our government lately because its successive governments since independence have caused and had a hand in in I'd say harboring corruption and allowing it to go freely and rampant. You see, corruption is like a seed. It's been planted and it's become um some people call it more i call it mob mobocracy we figure out a system where if i want to get in we can all get together and scheme from the government you see i see the Guinea government of purse as a as a main artery and um what politicians and public servants and bureaucrats and heads of departments what they all do is Try to steal a little bit here, one million there, hundred thousand there. Inflated uh, hire car contracts, inflated road contracts. We've done it so much that now the government is so broke because we've got so many loopholes, so many leaks, and so many, you know. So it's like a bleeding artery. It's it's bled dry. So we'd be stupid to say that you know. Um, it's Peter O'Neill's fault. It's not Peter O'Neill's fault. Peter O'Neill just came into a system that's already corrupt. You see, Papua New Guinea allows corrupt uh, Asians to come and do whatever they want because the system is corrupt. It's not the it's not the person. So, if politicians know that they will get arrested and shot, they'll not be corrupt. They'll do the right things. So. We'd have to blame our judicial system, our law and order system. So the whole system is corrupt. So what we have to do is build a new system. And when I'm saying a new system, PND is like a sinking ship with like a million holes in it. If you're trying to get uh, chewing gum and block all the holes from sinking, that's never going to happen. You might as well let the hole sink the ship sink once it sinks it'll be better we just build a new ship so in saying that a lot of people talk about corruption blah 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 nothing's gonna happen you see the police commissioner judicial system they're all being compromised commission is appointed by the prime minister so how can he go against the prime minister so there's, there's a lot of loopholes and a lot of gray areas in our judicial system, our three branches of government, which has become one. 
Um, so how do we stop it? How do we fix this problem? The only way we can fix this problem is start from the beginning. And I say we start educating our youths, start educating the young ones. Um, I think it is necessary that we have this depression. It is necessary that we feel the pain. Because we got independence on a golden platter. We don't know how hard it is for some nations to get independence. We have basically become worse than Nigeria or Kenya. Two of the most corrupt countries in the world. Um, I believe that we are more, the most corrupt because we we tend to steal anything that's there. And we, we cipher it and steal it and no one gets arrested. And that's the problem. So what we need to do is start with a new government. Uh, people with no records, people with no ties. And come in there and do a clean sweep. Start arresting people. People actually have to go to jail. I'm talking about judges. I'm talking about police hierarchy, I'm talking about politicians. Once we start arresting a few of them, I'd say a hundred people will be in jail. There'll be no special privileges. They can't say that they're sick and go out on special medical leave. Uh, we get tough. And then you see the mindset and the culture of corruption will slowly, slowly stop. So we need to start educating our youths. Um, whatever we can do is to talk to people on our street, talk to our kids. Teach them that, look, we can't be taking money and bribery. We have to be, be vocal now. We got to protest. We've got to, you know, it's a democratic right to protest. We've got to shake things up. That's the only way that Papua New Guinea is going to change. We've got to start shaking things up. And it is a good thing that things have gone worse now, that we feel the pain. There's not enough money for savings. We're basically struggling day by day. The valuation of Kina has gone down. The blatant corruption going on. Those are the things that we need to wake ourselves up. You know, it, it needs to get worse before it gets better. So, in finishing off, I believe that PNG needs this. Um, we need the country to get worse. And it'll be bad, it'll be uneducated for us to say that Peter Neal is the problem, is the issue. Peter O'Neill is not the issue. They'll be saying like Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump that, because he's the most powerful man in the world, it's his problem that um, there's global warming. So let's blame Donald Trump. You see, global warming has been happening before Donald Trump became Prime Minister. And corruption has been happening rampantly before Peter O'Neill became Prime Minister. So that's the issue. How do we kill corruption? We kill corruption by educating our youths, making better choices, by also standing up and protesting. We've got to protest, we've got to stand up for rights, and that's the only way that we will change. And um, hopefully we change, because it's such a beautiful country with many resources. A lot of people talk about it, but nothing has happened, because we've got that mentality of Big man mentality, we have to respect our chiefs. That's our, in our DNA, and um, only through education and reasoning that our younger generation can fix Papua New Guinea. You guys have a good night. Uh, please uh, text your thoughts about this uh, podcast, 
and uh, stay tuned for my next podcast. Corruption in PNG. Corruption starts at home. Um, a lot of people are complaining about corruption, but corruption is something that we all grew up with. It's part of our DNA, part of our system. We actually call it one-talk system. We help someone else for a favor, and obviously we, we thank them. And that's been going on since uh, our ancestors. Now, for us to differentiate that it is corruption, it's pretty difficult for Papua New Guineans to do. And that is why a lot of black countries in the world uh, are not um, are not successful. It's because of the way we do things, the way we bend rules, and um, the way we operate. It's in our DNA. You cannot change it overnight. The Westminster system or the governmental system was uh, introduced by Europeans, by the, firstly by the the Spartans, you know, and the Greeks and the Romans. Later on, the English adopted it. They were nomads. They were tribes until they adopted this uh, new governing system where it's fair and freedom and just and all that goody stuff. But you see, with PNG and a lot of black countries, we were in a tribal system which worked for us for years and years. So for black people to adapt, to change our DNA overnight in in a hundred years, it's going to be quite difficult. We we need we need two to three generations before that could happen, before we get Europeans act like Europeans and be developed like Europeans. So, um, it's just like us trying to uh, put our culture on Europeans saying that you need to hunt. Uh, that is why you see a lot of African um, Africans, uh, Pacific Islanders. Uh, we're very gifted in sports because that's what we, uh, our ancestors were. It's in our DNA. So it, it comes, it's all part of our DNA how the world works it's all part of dna so uh you can't really you can't really judge a race by or expect a race to act like a different race the japanese people are known for to being respectful submissive people and you can't expect another society to act the same way so it all it all comes down to you know conditioning it all comes down to uh, DNA and then it all comes down to traditional and traditions how things are done so um, it'll take time for a country like Papua New Guinea to get there we're just uh, we're just trying to learn what uh, de- democracy is so we're testing democracy at every, every level every year. So once we know that we all should be living under one rule and one law things will get better well that's my little five cents uh, what's uh, I'd love to hear your comments and uh, what do you think Good morning, everyone. Uh, Stephen here. Basically, wanted to let you guys know that uh, talking about fake people. If you're trying to start a business and you you have life goals and aims and ambitions, the last thing you want to do is uh, start following fake people. I see the world is 
um, going uh, social media free, uh, frenzy. So if you're not in social media, you're a dinosaur. That's great. But a lot of people also are posting crap on on the Instagram page and saying that they're a millionaire and they drive this car and they drive that car. They, they eat steak for breakfast. They eat caviar for dinner. I mean, they only take the good sides and they, um, this is very dangerous because it sends, uh, sends everyone a wrong message that this is how you should live life, a fake life. You should buy this phone, you should wear this clothes, you should basically be a poser and be a fake person. What I try to encourage people is just be real and be yourself. Um, especially when you're trying to start off, don't, don't live the champagne life, it's just bullshit. Uh, you gotta live the humble life. You gotta eat like one or two meals a day. You have to starve yourself. Even if you've got like a two thousand or three thousand bucks in your account, I mean, I don't see the logic in going out and splashing a thousand kina or a thousand dollars when you need to save that shit to one day you might want to invest in a property and you need equity and you don't have anything. Or you wanna buy, you know, start up a small business and you need that equity to start. So those are the kind of shit that I've been talking about, telling people, be real, save up. If you're in your 20s, you should not have a life, you should not be partying, you should, if you're really serious about being someone, you save the hell up. Uh, and by the time you're 30s, you'll be matured and you'll be like, all right, let's invest in this. I've been through life, I can do this and I can, I can do that. So that's my advice to all you young entrepreneurs out there. Um, Start saving, save, 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 and by the time you mature up, which is about 28, 30, you'll know what the hell you want to do, and you'll do it properly. Um, don't follow the fake crowd, because they're all a bunch of posers, and they'll only be posers till the rest till they become old. And that's my podcast. If you like it, uh, please comment. Good evening, everyone. Uh, tonight's podcast is about talking about the current state of Papua New Guinea. There is no real point to argue or to complain on Facebook and on social media. We tend to complain and air our laundry up on on social media. Well, it really has no effect on the current day. In order to change this government, you need numbers in the floor of parliament. Or you need to do a nationwide strike, which is not going to happen. Papua New Guineans are not convicted enough to actually go to strike. Now, if you have a group of people who want to go to strike, some people will be like, oh, I'm a bit scared. I'll, I'll still go to work. But I support you in spirit. And I support you with likes. That doesn't work. So Papua New Guinea will never change until we have some real conviction and... We really want to help our own countrymen. So, if we want to change the government, we just get the elect the right leaders come 2022. And let's just welcome all the world leaders that are coming. Hello, good evening, everyone. This is Stephen Dry again. Sorry, I've not been um, 
recording any podcast lately because I've been basically on my journey to a health and fitness kind of program and just wanted to share about health and fitness. Now, I've started last year, 2017, and it's been a long, hard journey. And I posted a video on my uh, YouTube channel, and it got a got 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 uh, quite a amount of hits. People are a bit motivated. I see my social media, Instagram accounts. You're all kind of picking up. Uh, people are very interested in getting healthy, and it's just a it's just a way that we can help our society. Uh, when they see someone that's uh, overweight and quite prominent on on social media. Uh, changing his or her life around it I, I kind of motivate other people to do the same and I've had comments and people come up to me and then say they do t- take apple cider vinegar and they do hit the gym regularly but coming back to the gym program I did I basically started from scratch and and, and from studies it says if you want to study a new habit it takes you about 30 days and 90 days when it becomes uh, a part of your lifestyle it becomes you know becomes your routine and it took me a good three months four months to actually get in the routine then um, I never looked back I I kept on going and going and going but my biggest problem was uh, my dieting wasn't correct so I've kind of adjusted my diet uh, to suit my workout program I didn't know that you needed carbs so I was basically telling everyone on my social media page that carb free no carbs no carbs and i was wondering why i didn't have enough energy because what i i mean you just different sorts of workouts you can do you can do cardio you can do hit training you can do the circuit you can do running but i wanted a weight program where i wanted to look big well my my look was i wanted to look like more like dwayne johnson the rock and i think that's my aim and vision and that's what i've been working been basically doing like a bulk uh training and also uh, my new mat my new um, my new uh, gym instructor Matt Ali from um, anytime fitness he's got his own uh, good life fitness sorry he's in Brisbane um, uh, he's my personal trainer he's been giving me diet programs and also uh, gym, three different gym workout programs which I'm basically on and I've seen vast improvements in my legs uh, definition in my legs, my calves, and my glutes, uh, and my, uh, which I've never seen before. And it's the only thing I struggle is my waist and my belly, which is the last to go, which I've heard. And I'm still learning. It's my one year, eight months, and I'm still going strong. It's just my diet's been all over the place. So what I've been what I've been taught was you can eat white rice uh, and one or two hours before your gym workout and that's got to be a real high intensive workout and that's what I'm basically doing with my workouts not supersets so I'm doing my upper body and my lower but at the same time and I'm also doing repetition so same body muscle twice a week so I'm basically in the gym from Monday to Friday every week and I do enjoy it uh, it's become part of my life if I don't go to the gym I feel like there's something wrong with me so going back to my gym program um, consistency is very important but your diet is the key aspect as I say abs are made in the kitchen so I would suggest everyone um, 
see a proper dietitian, see a professional um, uh, physical, I mean, professional gymnast or whatever you call them, and a professional trainer, and they will give you a specific diet on your body type. And also, the diet, whatever you eat, is very important. I know it takes, we all don't get it perfect. You have your cravings and whatnot. A good thing about my (laughs) trainer, Matt, he, he told me that I can have my cheat days on the weekend, so... I sometimes have some rice or chips, and that's probably it. But then again, I really need to cut down on some of the stuff I've been having, like probably dairy in my coffee, and my move to soy latte and stuff like that. So anyway, it's a learning program, progress. I'm still going strong. I'm gonna uh, next year hopefully um, compete in the Mr. PNG comp- competition, which will be. Um, the first time I've ever competed in anything like that so dropping down on my jocks and showing myself in front of the world that's a bit new to me but yeah it'll be quite a, uh, a good new experience anyway that's all I've got tonight uh, join me again tomorrow night when I talk after I talk to Gary Juffa about take PNG back it'll be quite an interesting podcast uh, what Gary Juffa says I'll also be on my YouTube channel Please hook up to my YouTube channel and uh, listen to what we talk about. Have a good night. And this is Stephen Kalagi.